Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Has fear been holding you back from investing? Because we know that the number one reason women don't invest is fear. Fear of getting started, fear of losing money, fear of making a mistake. If that is you, you're 100% not alone. And two, I think this fear is conditioned in us, especially as women. Because, I mean, no one taught us this. Uh, No one taught us how to navigate a financial system. So it automatically feels scary because we fear what we don't know. I think in addition to a lot of people keep their jobs by making the stock market feel intimidating. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. 
Let me tell you an investing story that makes the hairs on my arm stand up. I'd been great at investing in a 401k from age 24 to 34. It was my ex-husband's 401k, but he was the one with the great company match, aka free money. So that's where we put our money. That account grew to over $150,000, but then we got divorced and that account vaporized. It's a very sad but true story. Divorce is financially devastating, but that is a whole other episode. Get this though, if we had kept that account and contributed just $15,000 each year over the last 10 years, earning about 10% on average, that account would be worth close to $800,000 now. It's heartbreaking. (laughs) But the moral of the story is that investing works, but it isn't always sexy. That is the sentiment that is echoed by our guest, Tori Dunlop, author of Financial Feminist, host of the Financial Feminist podcast, and creator of Her First 100K. Tori believes that if you're scared of the stock market and the fluctuations, the answer is to be patient and view investing as a long-term practice, and you will be rewarded. As Tori says, for every 20-year time period that you're invested in the stock market, your chances of seeing a return on your investment is about 100%. Those are pretty good odds. In this episode, we talk about how to manage fear when it comes to investing, ways to develop an investing mindset, and how to get started investing and building wealth on any budget. We're going jargon-free on this episode, so join Tori and me as we guide you away from fear and towards your goal of investing this year. Let's start talking. So there's there's a lot going on that I, that I want to talk to you about. You know, the stock market lately has not been for the faint of the heart. Um, <laughs> if we go back all the way to 2012, I was doing some research. We've actually only seen about two down years, but a lot of up years. So for a lot of us listening, I would imagine that they have really only seen the stock market kind of go up, which you and I both know can kind of create this like false belief that we're just always going to make money. But beyond that, Tori, like investing really brings a lot of fear, especially for women. This is something that you talk about a lot. I know you're on this mission to really change uh, and move us from this place of fear to creating more wealth. So just kind of to warm us up here, you know, why do you think like we're so locked in fear when it comes to investing? Oh, man. I mean, I could spend hours talking to you about this. I think... So I co-created an investing education platform called Treasury. And... um Treasury is this kind of hybrid of doing it yourself investing, but with my guidance or with our community's guidance. And it starts with an investing 101 workshop. And what's so interesting is I ask uh, the same question every workshop, which is like, has fear been holding you back from investing? Because we know that the number one reason women don't invest is fear. Fear of getting started, fear of losing money, fear of making a mistake. And the chat just blows up every time of just people being like, yes, this is me. This is me. This is me. Literally like... At this point, thousands of people have told us that fear is the thing that's holding them back from investing. So one, if that is you, you're 100% not alone. And two, I think this fear is conditioned in us, especially as women, because, I mean, no one taught us this. Uh, No one taught us how to navigate a financial system. So it automatically feels scary because we fear what we don't know. I think in addition to a lot of people keep their jobs by making the stock market feel intimidating, right? A lot of people in the financial industry uh, are telling you that this shit is complicated, that this, this, you know, picking stocks is, is somehow this like very sophisticated, um, you know, algorithmic experience and that you need their help in order to do that. 
And the truth is, is that the very people who are paying to, um, you know, pick the right stocks, we know from statistics actually don't do that. <laughs> they underperform <laughs> uh, things like index funds, which are groups of stocks that you can invest in very passively and with very little money, um, or excuse me, very little money and very little fees. Um so I think this fear is 100% warranted. It's also, it's just conditioned into us. We fear what we don't know. We fear what we don't understand. And also we're told that we should be kind of fearful and a little intimidated and scared. Um, I think the think, other thing too. Just, oh, go ahead. Just quick, quick thing you want to interject there is like, I, I just wonder what you think about this, like from hearing from all these people about fear. It's it's so, it's like an interesting kind of dynamic, right? Because You've got Treasury. There are lots of different like educational platforms teaching about investing in money. And yet, for some reason, like we still kind of have this this fear thing. It's almost like it just it won't go away. Like, do you think there is a way that we move or at least start to kind of tiptoe away from from that? I mean, to shameless plug, we start the question of like, are you scared about investing at the beginning of the workshop? And then most of our participants actually leave being investors. They actually invest live on the workshop. So we like to think we are a part of that change. I think too, there, um, just the amount, I, I know you have this experience too. The amount of times like I've sat on a panel or I've spoken at a financial company and they're, their like personal finance 101 education has words like asset allocation. Or like asset redistribution. Right. Like what is that's that? not yeah. personal finance 101. That is jargon, like Wall Street Chad bullshit, right? Like personal finance 101 actually isn't even investing, right? I would argue that's personal finance like 201. But then when you do start investing, just the very, like the thing that blows people's minds is like the IRA isn't the investment. Like you have to put money in the IRA and then you have to choose your investments. Like the amount of times I have made a TikTok video about that and people have been like, holy shit, I had no idea. Or I found out about this three years after and I realized like I had made no money. Like that's the basic advice that you need to start out with, not like how to rebalance your portfolio. So I think a lot of the the financial platforms are either super jargony, they just take a lot for granted about people's knowledge, and or it is platforms built by and for cisgendered straight white men who have been conditioned to talk about the stock market and have been conditioned to pursue wealth and have been conditioned to be comfortable um, with, you know, these these more jargony terms. Right. So you're so supposed to like sound smart, right? When you go to like a a happy hour and, you know, you throw out. Right. Because it's about ego. <laughs> right. It's about ego. But the and, funny and, thing and again, is a lot like, of people. Most of, of us don't know what it is. Yeah. It. Yeah. And a lot of people stay employed because of it. They stay employed because if they sound smart about the stock market, we will pay them money to pick stocks, even if they're underperforming in that, in that stock picking. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues here at play. And I think, um, the biggest thing when it comes to investing with women too is I see this analysis paralysis, right? And it, this is the, this is the fear, fear of making the wrong decision. So they're not going to make a decision at all. And truthfully, there are, um, there are very few, like, actually, like, bad, bad, bad decisions, right? For the average woman, the worst decision you can make when it comes to investing is making no decision. Like, exactly. the worst decision you can make is not making a decision at all. 
because you are losing out on money. You are losing out on gains. Even if you haven't picked the best, most optimal investment, <laughs> actually, you are, the, again, the worst decision you can make is, is just not making a decision at all and not deciding to make a decision. <laughs> so um, that's one thing I'm really trying to get women um, over that hump of like, okay, investing is like a staircase. It's actually very easy. Just that first step is like 20 feet high. So how do I help you get over that 20 foot stair so you can climb stairs very easily. Well, and the interesting thing is that we can be so hyper-focused on making the quote unquote right investing choice when you and I both know there actually isn't one right investing choice. And I think that needs to be talked about more. There isn't just this, if there was just this one formula, we'd all just like plug into the formula and it would be easy peasy. But, you know, it's it's really about finding, you know, what what you're passionate about, uh, things that you want to invest in, um, and really kind of, you know, taking it from the understanding of what makes sense to you. And I, I can remember at my very first, um, really the only job I ever had, <laughs> corporate <laughs> job. Uh, and, you know, we got our 401ks. And I remember, uh, you know, we were in our in our 20s and the, and the girl next to me, she was like, well, I'm just going to close my eyes and just like land on anything. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 don't do that. I mean, I had a father who'd been in the financial industry his whole career. I'm like, no, that is not absolutely not the way <laughs> that you want to do it. But I feel like, you know, for, for so many of us, we're just locked in this idea of like needing the perfect thing that we almost are like, okay, well, let me just close my eyes and pick pick whatever. And so what I love what you're doing is, is talking to people about like the mechanism behind investing, how it works, and like also moving people to a place of freedom where you don't have to be so uh, just kind of locked into like trying to make the right decision. Well, and also personal finance is personal, right? Like everybody's reality is different. Everybody's goals are different. Everybody has, you know, a different bank account number. Everybody's age is different. Your your gender identity, right? There's so many things that impact the way we have to manage money. And so there is no one size fits all solution or equation to this. Um, which is which, great. It's very free. Yeah. And right? it should <laughs> offer you a little bit of relief that like, okay, I get to manage money based on my values, based on, you know, my life, based on what I I need in order to navigate this. So yeah, but I, I again, I see with with countless women, it's just like I need to be perfect at this, and we need to value progress over perfection. I'm a financial expert. I like overdrafted on my bank account two months ago by accident. Like this shit still happens. Like it's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to not know everything, but you have to start learning. You have to start getting comfortable being uncomfortable because that's how you progress and that's how you change. So I'm wondering then as as we're kind of in this new year and we're really trying to adopt change whether that's we want to start investing or pay off debt or whatever it might be but let's let's look at specifically investing. I wonder if there is like a type of investing mindset that you think we really need to adopt this year so we can move, you know, from the fear where there's, you know, going to be a lot of dips and swings and lots of Lots of crazy things will happen, but like, how do we get in the right mindset to be okay with whatever comes of this year? I think the mindset for 2023, at least for me and with investing, is no different than any other year, which is 
considering the fact of the very definition of the word invest, right? It's to put energy, money into something for a long period of time. Investing is a long game. It is a years-long, if not decades-long thing. It is not day-to-day. It's not week-to-week. It's not month-to-month. It's not even sometimes year-to-year. And so what happens in 2023 with the stock market, what happens on a random Tuesday in March in 2023 is not actually going to really affect your money and for the long term. Unless you're putting money like your emergency fund in the stock market, which is is a big no-no, right? So when we're thinking about investing, you have to be patient and you have to think about this in terms of a long lifetime doing the up and down roller coaster that is the stock market. I also have a statistic. Yeah. And I have a statistic too that is like, if you put your money in the stock market and you take it out the next day, you're going to make money half the time. But if you put money in for a year, those that percentage goes up to it's like 68%. Over every 10 year period, it goes up to 88%. And over every 20 year period of the stock market, yes, even a 20 year period that included 2008, you still made money, you made money 100% of the time. So that's the other thing, right? Is it's like, if you're scared of losing money, if you're scared of the stock market fluctuations, the answer is to be patient. The answer is to be patient and to view this as the long-term process it is. The other thing too is that with the stock market, you have not lost or gained money unless you sell. It's like a house, right? It's like you've bought a house. You don't actually get the value of that house, right? If the value goes up over 10 years, you don't actualize that value unless you sell. Or if you buy a Dior purse, right? Like the value of that Dior purse is not actualized unless you choose to sell it. So when it comes to the stock market and all of this like conversation, especially in like financial media of like the stock market is down, it's like, yes, but also one, it's a long game. And two, I have not lost or gained money unless I choose to liquidate my investments. So I'm just going to be patient. Which is a great mindset. (laughs) That is a great way to, that is a great way to think about it. I mean, like you were saying, same thing. If you, if you have a house, you can look on Zillow and look how much it's worth. But the reality is you're not probably selling it today. And someone is probably not buying for that exact price today. So in some respects, it, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) And so kind of having that freedom, I think is, is really important and something else I wanted to just just spend some a little bit of time touching on because I know this is also really part of your mission. I mean, there there is an estimated three point trillion dollar gender investing gap. We know that women invest about twenty nine percent less than their male counterparts. But I also found this really interesting that two of three women really want to start investing, so the desire is there. So beyond the fear component, I was wondering, Tori, like, could you shed some light on? You know, how did we get to a place where there is like such a big investing gap? And how do we begin? I mean, is it possible to begin to close that? I mean, the answer is not uh, a great one, which is systemic oppression. <laughs> like, that's the answer. Um, it's a wage gap and lack of access to a paid family leave and uh, sexism in the workplace and, uh, um, uh, you know, the uh, lack of health care and a woman's choice for her own body. There's many things that go into the reason why women are not able to build wealth like men are. 
in addition to the mindset that we are just more comfortable as a society with the men's pursuit or a man's pursuit of wealth than we are with a woman's. There's a lot of things, but it kind of all links back to systemic oppression and sexism (laughs) and all of all of the stuff that like no one wants to talk about. But like, that's true. Like, that's it. In terms of how to solve sexism, I'm not your girl. However, (laughs) I think that there are certain strategic things that we can do as individuals, right? Trying to overcome that fear, seeking out advice from, you know, folks, hopefully like you and I, who are, you know, teaching advice in a shame-free way uh, or giving advice in a shame-free way and teaching money. Um, and then I think it's also understanding what sort of trauma or money beliefs that you have. Um, I talk about this in my book, Financial Feminist. We spend the entire first chapter talking about the emotions and the psychology of money because the truth is you can't get a budget together. You can't start investing. You can't do any of these things for the long term until you understand what sort of beliefs you've been carrying about money. Um, so in terms of, you know, as individuals, what we can do to close the gap. It's working to overcome that analysis paralysis, working to understand more about the investing landscape, learning to view investing as actually very accessible rather than intimidating. And from a broader scale, it is uh, doing everything we can to uh, support the kind of change that we want to see in the world, policy change by voting, protesting, uh, you know, calling our members of, of uh, Congress. There's so much that we can do as individuals to change both our own uh our own situations, but also other people's situations. And at some point you have to understand that even if, you know, you are making 10 out of 10, hundred percent great financial choices and you're on a path, there are uh, circumstances beyond your control that have everything to do with the society that is built by and for cisgendered straight white men. Absolutely. You know, we had just um, recorded an episode last year with one of my favorite guests, his name is Ken Honda, and he wrote this book called Happy Money, which I just, it's like on my bookshelf and I'll pick it up and reread it very often. But he talks about this idea that that money is just numbers, right? And our, our relationship to money is really what puts the framework around those numbers. And that actually is you know, aside from the systemic issues, that is that is our choice, right? And we can learn how to, uh, like you were saying, you know, move past the trauma, like understand our blocks, and like we can really start to take control over our our relationship with our money, and then that kind of changes everything. And so, I, I think it's really important to to talk about that as as a piece of our success because I feel like. A lot of, you know, I'm I'm using air quotes here, a lot of traditional money experts don't talk about that as a component. But you and I both know that that's that's super important. And, uh, you know, specifically when it comes to investing, because there are so many messages, especially as women, that we've heard around investing that I think really keeps us like locked in a place of, of the fear, going back to the fear. So, you know, I, I think it's really important that you that you spend some time talking about that. I'm wondering, you know, kind of through your own journey, how your own relationship with money has kind of changed over the years. Um, yeah, plus one to everything you just said. Um, in terms of, oh gosh, my relationship with money. Um, I mean, I have a lot more of it. <laughs> That's one thing. Um, I, you know, I think one of probably one of the last times I I came on your show was, you know, my pursuit of 100k at 25, right? And I'm 28. And um, I am now a multimillionaire, which is crazy to think about how much has changed for me in my life in just, you know, three, four years. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. A lot's changed. Um, I really live by this. Uh, it's what I define financial feminism as, which is like, take care of yourself, put your own oxygen mask on first. And then when you're taken care of, help others and change the society that exists so that everybody can help themselves. And I have now taken care of myself. Like, I'm good. I, I, I have money, especially, you know, with my current lifestyle. Um, you know, it might change if I, you know, choose to buy property or if I choose to get married, have children, et cetera, that might change. But like, I'm a single woman renting, like I'm good. I'm, I'm taken care of right now. So my obligation is to take the money and the resources and the power and the influence I have and to, uh, give people jobs to grow this company, to impact as many people as possible, to, um, impact our community and to, you know, again, create the change that we want to see. So I think that's been the biggest shift for me is that when you're taken care of, um, you get to, you get to prioritize everybody else because you've already prioritized yourself. Um, I also so, just, sorry, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I also get to spend more fluidly with my money, which is actually very exciting. Um, I, you know, I get to not think twice about going out to dinner and, um, you know, buying my best friend you know, uh, her dinner or, um, you know, being really generous when it comes to how much I'm donating to organizations that I believe in. Um, and that's just really fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, you know, money isn't everything, but it certainly gives us a lot of options and you've been yeah. able to really define your version of wealth and financial freedom. And I'm wondering for, for somebody listening, you know, if they're not in the place that you're in, or they're they're in this process of of trying to figure out what their definition of wealth and financial freedom looks like. How do we begin to shape what what that looks like for us? Like really separate from anyone else, because I think it's really easy to get trapped into someone else's version or feel like yeah, if what we, we don't should have if yeah, if we don't have what you have, like maybe we're not we're not good enough or, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of things we can kind of peel the onion, the onion layers back. But if I'm yeah. listening and, you know, I'm trying to figure this out for myself in 2023, how do I do this? Um, our fellow financial expert and a friend of mine, Ramit Sethi, he has this concept of like a rich life, right? Um, and a rich life is defined uniquely for each individual. A rich life could be, okay, my rich life is at three o'clock. I get off work so I can go pick up my kids from school. A rich life could be I have enough money to finally pursue the business that I've always wanted to start because I hate working a nine to five. I hate working for somebody else. A rich life could just be, okay, I get to take a road trip every single year. And he, he, he every time he explains this, right, he says like, your rich life is different than anybody else's. And I think we have to use money as a tool to build the life that we want. Money is one of the ways, and I would argue sometimes the best way uh, or the best resource in, or in order for us to build the life that we want, not the one that you know our parents want or society wants for us, but the thing that we want very distinctly. And if you don't know what you want, that's step one, right? Like defining what wealth looks like for you. Is wealth a bank account number? I would argue that that's probably not not a great thing to um to work to achieve because it's not emotionally 
grounded exactly. in any way. Right. It's not, there's no why behind it. It's not mission driven, right? But like, I want to pick up my kids from school. That's why driven. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all in one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information 
is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. I want to travel every year because that's important to me. That's why driven. So when you're thinking about like, how do I, how do I use money as a tool to build the life that I want? That's the answer, right? The answer is whatever that looks like to you. And only you know that. But you have to start there before you get a budget together, before you, you know, figure out your investment strategy. What do you want? Uniquely you. And how are you going to use money as a tool to get what you want? Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of really rooting into the why. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why budgeting doesn't work for almost everyone. Because <laughs> there isn't really a, a motion behind it or a why behind right. it, other than I just hate doing it, which is not, <laughs> not going to be a motivating factor. <laughs> so I, I like that idea of, of really coming up with your why. And so I'm thinking, okay, let, let, let's, let's think about it this way. So if, if, the why this year is, or I guess I should say, the thing we want to do is start investing, right? And the why is that we want to we want to build wealth, like we want to move closer to the vision that we have. What are some like practical steps that we need to take just to get the ball moving, just to get started? Well, one again, defining what that why looks like to you, or like what you actually want. I would say too the. The way we progress in our in our financial journey, right, is I'm sh you talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. But like an emergency fund is step one. Like you need some amount of money in emergency savings. I recommend like three months of living expenses in a high yield savings account. And we can't start paying off our debt. We actually can't even start investing until we have that emergency fund because that's there to protect us. And it's really, really important to have. And you can automate your savings to get there. You can set up an automatic transfer from your checking account to your savings account to start building that emergency fund, right? Or you can say, okay, every time I get paid, I want X amount of money or X percentage of my paycheck put automatically in this bank account for my, my emergency fund. So that's step one. 
Two, I think, you know, going back even further, we can't learn how to save money. We can't learn how to navigate our own personal finances until we understand where our money's going. And if it is being spent uh, without some sort of mindfulness, if it is being spent not according to your values, you don't have to stop spending money. You just need to stop spending money on shit you don't care about. So you need to make sure that, A, you know where your money is going and you're not just burying your head in the sand and acting like your problems don't exist, but also that your money is being spent according to your values. Because there is that balance you can find between something like saving for an emergency fund and spending. You don't have to deprive yourself. You don't have to like never go out to eat or never buy a <laughs> latte, right? But you have to figure out where do you want your money to go and how can it bring you the most joy? Hmm. So what if I'm listening and I'm like, okay, I get that. I understand that. But maybe I don't have a ton of extra money, right? And I'm trying to figure out how do I, how yeah. do I parcel out everything? Can you invest even if you don't have a ton of extra cash? I know the answer is yes, but yes, I would love yeah. to hear, I would love to hear your perspective. Like if someone's listening and they're like, yeah, but I, I just don't have a lot of money or I'm really paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. First, if you're honest to God, paycheck to paycheck, there is little advice that I or any financial expert can give you in terms of your own personal choices. And that's not a fun answer. And that sounds like I uh, don't have an answer. But the truth is, like, I don't have an answer for you. It was something that I reckoned with a lot writing my book of like, if you are honestly living paycheck to paycheck, that is not a you don't know how to save money. You know, you are bad at it. It's literally just like, the system was not built for you. So that's where policy change has to come in. If you do have a little bit of money, let's say even if it's 20 bucks a month, time is way more important than the amount of money when it comes to investing. And I want to repeat that. Time is so much more important than the amount of money. A lot of people think, okay, I need a bunch of money to start investing. I need hundreds if not thousands of dollars and I don't have that. So I'm just not going to do it. Compound interest, which is when your interest earns interest earns interest, which is what makes investing so powerful, works regardless of your age and regardless of the amount of money. Whether you're 18 or 88, whether you have $5 or $5,000 or $5 million, investing because of compound interest can help you grow your money. So even if all you have right now is $20 or $50 one time, that is actually so powerful because you're going to allow that $20, $50, $100 to work for you for years, if not decades, right? We were talking about before this idea of like long-term investing. So if you're the person out there who's like, I can't invest because I don't have a lot of money. And like, what's the point? A little bit of progress is better than no progress. (laughs) And especially when it comes to investing, again, you can make a huge impact, which is a small amount of money. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So let's take kind of the the inverse of the question I just asked you, because you, you brought up this idea of time, which we know if we just statistically look at investing, the more time, like you're saying, the more time we have, the the less we we can invest because it's going to grow and compound over time. So time is really our friend. But what if we're listening and we're, you know, not at the place that you were at? Like we, you know, we weren't able to save $100,000 by age 25, uh, maybe we're a little bit older and we're just starting this investing journey. I, you know, I, is all lost for us, or you know, can we can we make up some of that time? Yeah, the hundred k at twenty five was a lot of hard work. It was also a shit ton of privilege. So really important to acknowledge that. Um, yeah, I mean, no, not all hope is lost for you. Um, I would rather you have something in retirement savings than nothing in retirement savings, right? And if you can, if you're able to, it means that you double down a little bit harder if you're getting started later, right? Like saving a little bit more of your money, being more strategic and putting that money away. But again, I think people get to the point where they're like, well, it's already this bad. So like, I'm not going to fix it or I'm not going to work to fix it. Um, And sunk cost fallacies are not great, especially when it comes to money. So a little bit in savings is better than nothing in savings. And uh, the truth is, too, is that even if you only have a little bit to save, the hope is that you're building um, a, a habit of saving money or of investing. And we hope you make more money, right, as you progress through your career, as you age. So if you've already started investing, even if it's just with a small amount of money, regardless of your age, it's building the habit of smart financial choices. So that if, when, hopefully, you do get more money, then you already know how to save. You already know how to invest. Like that muscle has already been strengthened for you. So first, mm-hmm. not a sunk cost, like not a sunk cost, like again, something in savings better than nothing. And two, you're building that habit over time. I like that. You're giving us a permission slip to be okay, no matter where we're at, Yeah, <laughs> which I Hopefully. think is great. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, you know, I, I, I always want, especially with investing, do people feel like it's approachable? You know, even if you don't exactly right. know what to put your money in, or you don't have a lot of money, or maybe you're a little bit older, like all of that is okay. You know, just come as you are and, and your permission slip is, you know, you can make it work. I love that. 
Another thing I want to talk about, you mentioned your book, Financial Feminist, which came out in like December. Congrats on that. Uh, and I know that was probably like a ton of work that went behind that. But oh my God, so much work. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of powerful, powerful information on those on those pages. But, you know, you talked about this a little bit, but I'm just curious, you know, what does make someone a financial feminist? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I gave kind of a pseudo definition before, but for me, financial feminism is like putting on your own oxygen mask first, right? You cannot help others until you put on your own oxygen mask. And the act of you putting on that oxygen mask, especially if you're a member of a marginalized group, is an act of protest against the system that is asking you to survive without oxygen. <laughs> so uh, that's the first thing. And then when you're taken care of, right, when you have your own oxygen mask on and it's flowing and you're healthy and you're good, then you have a responsibility to help others. So fi financial feminism is the uh, the money version of that, which is do everything you can to build your financial foundation, take care of yourself, navigate capitalism to the best of your ability. And I like to think that uh, our book and podcast help you do that. And then when you're taken care of, change the system for everybody else so that everybody gets an oxygen mask. And um, yeah, that's that's the mission of my entire life. And the mission of our work is um, giving people these actionable resources, really giving women these actionable resources to better their money. Um, and we believe when women have more money, everything starts to change. And I, I love that definition. I'm thinking back when I got divorced and, you know, I was a certified financial planner. Like I was a money expert. And yet, you know, the version of me looks back at that version and laughs because, I mean, laughs kind of in like the sad, <laughs> scary way because my ex-husband did, you know, handled all the money, like knew all the passwords and all the logins and everything. And I mean, I, I had an idea of what they were, but I look back on that time and I'm like, wow, I, I was not putting on my own oxygen mask, so to speak. You know, I wasn't empowered. I was kind of just letting what I saw in my household growing up be kind of replicated, even though I was a money expert and I knew full well what to do with my money. So I think putting your own oxygen mask is also, you know, even if you don't handle the money in, in your, you know, unit, your family unit, just being aware of what's going on, being able to have these conversations. It's like one of the reasons we named this show Everyone's Talking Money is, is so that we have this place, just like on your show and everything you do, to you know, be empowered to talk about money. I would imagine like that's also part of putting on your oxygen mask. I mean, that's that's all of it, right? Is like I don't think we have any sort of equality for any marginalized group until we have that financial equality. And so we control what we can control. We can control um, you know, how we work to manage the money we do have, and then we work to change the system that affects all of us. That prevents a lot of us from even having money in the first place. So um, it's really hard. It's really nuanced. It's really difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's something I struggled a lot with when I wrote the book. And that's something that I continue to struggle with because yes, I've worked really hard. I'm also white and cisgendered and, um, you know, have supportive parents. And like a lot of people just, that's not their reality. And um, yeah, so with privilege comes a responsibility. And I feel, uh, you know, that that responsibility in every single 
every single aspect of our work. And I feel that responsibility every time I wake up in the morning. Um, and so that's what I believe I was put on this earth to do. And that's what we're trying to kind of reckon with is like, okay, we do what we can. We navigate and we navigate capitalism to the best of our ability. And, um, once we're taken care of, we take care of others. I know that fear is really real. The idea of losing money, it never sounds good to me either. That's why I'm not a big fan of Las Vegas. But as Tori shared in this episode, you can develop a good investing mindset and move within fear little by little. In investing, it just doesn't have to feel like you're throwing your money down on the craps table. There are lots of resources like Treasury that Tori created here to help you. Her book, Financial Feminist, is available everywhere books are sold. You can find more about her company at herfirst100k.com. And there you can also find more information about Treasury and everything else she's got going on. You can also follow her at herfirst100k on all social media channels. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or family member, someone else who you know might want to know a little bit more about investing this year. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guests and the sponsors who make this show possible. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.